This is Rob Long with Martini Shot for The Ankler. Once I was boarding a small airplane headed from Miami to Key West. It was one of those old-fashioned planes, small inside with a propeller hanging from each wing. And if you're a nervous flyer, which I'm not, it's sort of an alarming thing to walk across the tarmac to what looks like a rickety toy. And at the bottom of the rollaway stairs, a female passenger suddenly got cold feet. We could see her, my seatmate and I, from our row. She was at the front of a long line of passengers, and when she spotted the propellers, the look on her face said it all. No way. I don't know why she's nervous, my seatmate said to me as we buckled in. I'm a pilot, I can tell her. These small planes are a lot safer. I mean, it's pretty rare to pull a C-fit in one of these. What's a C-fit, I asked. It's a term we pilots use, C-F-I-T. It stands for controlled flight into terrain. You mean a crash, I asked. We don't, we don't use that word, the pilot said. We prefer C-fit. Still, I said, we're talking about a crash. Technically, the pilot said, a C-fit is an event in which a perfectly operable aircraft is flown inadvertently into terrain, like a mountainside or a misjudged runway. It's not used when an engine fails or a plane is somehow disabled. Oh, I said, subtly sympathizing with a female passenger and her freakout, and he must have noticed my nervously looking at the door to the plane because he said, I'm telling you, these planes are really safe. And somehow the passenger on the tarmac must have heard him or heard someone say the same thing because she gripped the handrail of the rollaway stairs and climbed aboard. It was a momentary bit of terror, a brief flash of bad imaginings, what therapists call catastrophizing, something she just had to put out of her head or maybe she just sequestered it in that place that we all have that serves as a temporary holding pen for our incredibly real seeming visions of the future. But she got on. I mean, she got on with it, which is why I'm really sure she would be a very successful person in the entertainment business, where the trick is, despite knowing that most scripts don't get bought and most pilots don't get made and most made pilots don't get ordered a series and most movies aren't even movies anymore, the TV shows, you just climb aboard. Stop thinking about the sea fit. A successful actor once told me that early in his career, before every audition, he'd park and get out of his car and close the car door and think... No, 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 no. Get back in that car. Go home. It was a bottom-of-the-rollaway-staircase moment. Do not do this. Do not do this. This will end in fire and screaming and the noise of metal against metal. I mean, in his case, we're talking about an audition to appear in an episode of Suddenly Susan, but you can find C-fits everywhere, I guess. There's a great moment in the movie... Inside Lewin Davis, where the hero, a cranky and self-destructive and inflexible but immensely talented folk singer, played by Oscar Isaac, appears before a powerful club owner for an audition. He sings his heart out, and the impresarios of the movie, the Coen brothers, keep Oscar Isaac's face tight in the frame as we watch him deliver this soulful, desperate, arresting performance. And when he's done, he looks up at the club owner expectantly. And so do we, because in a movie... This is the hero moment. This is the part where the hero wows the crowd, overcomes the obstacle, shows what he's made of. And the club owner, played by F. Murray Abraham, who is never less than great, looks at him, takes a moment, lets the glow of the magnificent and deeply felt performance radiate for a moment, and then says, Yeah, I don't see any money here. Controlled flight into terrain. I don't see it. People will say if you pitch your idea, and not just executives and buyers, friends, agents, people in your family who are not even in the entertainment business. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see it as a show. 
or many years ago when a friend of mine had just been through a complicated and tumultuous life change, he spent some time coming up with a really interesting and funny version of it for a series. And when he pitched it to us, we all thought it sounded really good. But when he pitched it to his agent, she said, listen, just because you're going through something doesn't make it a show. Which is true. I mean, nothing makes something a show. But in this case, it had the effect of shutting the whole idea down. I don't see it. It's not a show. Which is usually followed by, a few months later, someone else figuring out how to make something very much like it into a TV show. Someone, in other words, grabs the handrail and marches up the stairs. Once, someone sent me a terrific article about the Entertainer of the Year competition aboard Princess Cruise Lines. It's a real thing. The cruise line tallies up guest comment cards and invites the top vote-getters, the top cruise comedian, the most popular magician, the singer or dancer who gets the best response, and they all set sail for a week-long Princess Cruise audience favorite Olympics. There's only one winner. And the article was funny and smart, had a lot of heart. It's got the ticker, as old-time show-busy folks would say, and the characters in the piece were enthusiastic and driven and likable. So the question to me was, is this a show? And all I could think about were the ways in which a talent competition in which Carnival Cruise performers compete to see who gets the $5,000 prize in the title Princess Cruise Entertainer of the Year was not and could not be a show. It's hard to keep the continuing characters. It's a lot of performing. There's the whole love boat thing hanging over it. I just, just don't see any money there. I mean, there is a way to do it, I guess which is what I thought to myself after I had sent back the email that said, essentially, I don't know, I just don't see it. Because I sort of did see it a few days later as I was thinking about it more and more. I mean, we all feel like we're in a talent competition some days, right? And it's such a funny and unique part of show business that it's relatable. It's, it's root-forable. Actually, it would be challenging, but there really is a show there, a funny one with characters who aspire to greatness or at least cruise ship fame and a couple of regulars who run the competition. There's heartbreak and laughter and stuff that hit TV shows are made of. So I emailed the guy back. I've been thinking, I said, there really is a show here. We know, he said. We sold it last week while you were thinking. Sometimes I guess there's no money in thinking there's no money there. I was thinking at the bottom of the stairs and someone else just pushed past me and got on the plane. Except I think, I think that person later decided not to stay on the plane. This happens in show business. And now apparently it's a free-floating idea for someone else to run with. Years ago, back when I had a production deal at a studio and was tasked with coming up with some fresh new TV show, I'd sit with my writing partner and stare at the ceiling and days would go by. Nothing would jump out at us as a potential hit TV comedy, and we'd go through all the cycles of this kind of work. You shoot down ideas, you give up, pitch shows you could never actually do, until we were both crabby and snapping at each other. And if one of us said something like, uh, hey, how about lunch? The other would say bitterly, oh, is that a show? Coming up with a show was hard, but that was because we made it hard. You know what you ought to do, people sometimes say to TV writers. You ought to come down to where I work. It's a sitcom, believe me. And people who write for television mostly nod and agree politely that, yes, of course, it's a crazy world out there. But inside we're thinking, give me a break. It doesn't work that way. Until someone actually makes, say, I don't know, The Office or something like it. And we realize, if we're really honest with ourselves, which we never are mostly, that it actually can work that way. That if you pay attention to the world around you, you might find that there's a show out there somewhere. If you pay attention to what you're thinking about or experiencing, there might be a show in there. I mean, there probably isn't. 
If you've been doing this for a while, you probably have a very tightly circumscribed set of experiences, most of them taking place in either the 310, 818, or 323 area codes, and that makes it hard to really know if what you're thinking about is, is normal, something normal people think about, or if it's just something weird and eccentric that show business people are experiencing in our weird and eccentric part of our country. Linda Barry, the great cartoonist, drew a moment in one of her cartoon memoirs of herself as a seventh-grade girl getting ready to go to a middle school dance, and she's looking in the mirror while wearing a full-length, lime-green, knitted maxi-skirt and asking herself, is this cool and I just can't tell? And that is pretty much what everyone asks themselves and each other in the entertainment business all day, every day. Is this weird thing weird good or weird bad? Which is one of the reasons we keep treading the same ground over and over again and rebooting this show and that movie and everything else because at least we know we can skip over that first and difficult question. Is this weird or is it cool? Giovanni Agnelli, the Italian industrialist, used to strap on his watch over his shirt cuff, which seems strange and wrong and weird. But Giovanni Agnelli was considered one of the most stylish men in the world. I wonder if he ever looked at himself in the mirror and wondered, what's the deal with the watch? Is it cool? Or do I look like an insane person? Mam Ilapi Natapai is what the natives of Tierra del Fuego call the look shared by two people, each wishing that the other would initiate something they both desire, but which neither wants to begin which is every meeting and every moment and every decision in the entertainment business. All of us at the bottom of the rollaway staircase wishing that someone would go first. Everyone who has ever pitched a TV show or a movie knows Mom Ilapai Natapai intimately. Pitch me something new and fresh, the person on the other side of the table always thinks. I want to pitch you something new and fresh, the person pitching always thinks. But I don't know if what I'm pitching is a green knitted maxi skirt or a watch strapped over the shirt sleeve. I don't know if it's weird bad, or weird stylish and memorable. But the thing to remember is that the worst feeling in the world, for a writer, but probably for a lot of other people in businesses, or everyone else in life, is not being rejected. The worst feeling is turning on the television and seeing someone wearing a green knitted maxi skirt, and everyone saying, Wow, that's so cool. Mom Ilapi Natapai, which is a fancy way of saying, please, someone get on this plane. Let's get this thing going. The difference, of course, is that the plane is safe and piloted by an expert, which is not usually the case when it comes to a TV or movie project. The passenger who got on the plane was convinced that the plane was safe because the plane really is safe. Sea fits are vanishingly rare. But in show business, we have to get on the plane knowing that we're you know, we're probably not going to make it. The plane probably won't get to its destination. And that's not pessimism. That's just statistics, which is why people say, I don't see it. Where's the show? And a million of other things that just mean we're at the bottom of the stairs saying, no way. I don't see any money here. And hoping out of ego and avoiding future embarrassment that no one else does either. And that's it for this week. Next week, some rules of comedy. For The Ankler, this is Rob Long with Martini Shot.